Hello, welcome into the ACC preview on your favorite football podcast. I'm James, and over there running the board is Raceland. We are back in the hole in the wall studio, Raceland. Um, We're not in the hole in the wall studio. That's that's next door. Who cares? Yeah, that's next door. It's next door, but you know, it's good to be back in the actual studio and actually face to face. I know we do a lot of the shows on Discord. But before we get into the ACC, we have to hit on a pretty big piece of news that came out earlier this week. Race, when you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, so uh, actually two big pieces of news that came out this week. Um, I know we'll touch on one a little bit here with the ACC, but um, the ACC has decided to, starting next season, right? Yeah, starting next season. Starting next season, they are moving away from divisions, and it will just be one entire big ACC. Uh, and then the other piece of news we have is that, uh, obviously, I'm sure by now you've seen that uh, UCLA and USC in 2024 will be... Now, are they are they eligible to move, or are they going to move? So, as far as... The, everything what I've read is that the Big Ten has accepted their application papers yes. to join the Big Ten. So, I think it's all, all signs are a go for the 2024 season. So, because I don't know, because if you look at, like, Texas and Oklahoma situation... Um, they can leave the Big Twelve, but they'd have to pay an exit fee. Yeah, and I think it's because because I, I, I know they still have their contract, and I so I don't know when like the UCLA USC contracts are up with the Pac twelve. So I think that's why they're probably waiting to twenty twenty four. And plus, I mean, I've, everything I've read, it's for football and it's for every sport except for I think um, beach volleyball for the USC. I don't think they're joining the Big Ten for that because I don't think there is beach volleyball in the Big Ten. Um, but as there, far is. As like, there is. Huh? There is, because Michigan won it this year. Well, USC's not joining it for that, so Michigan, you're safe. Michigan Michigan won the um, NCAA Beach Volleyball Tournament. Okay, so I did not. I, you learn something new every day. But Yeah, yeah. I, well, because I, I agree. Like, I had, to, I had no clue <laughs> until my buddy, one of my buddies from uh, your favorite, or uh, yeah, we are your favorite. We are podcast. that podcast. Yeah. Uh, God, running two podcasts sucks. <laughs> and the names are so fairly similar. They are. It's kind of hard because they both have your in the first couple of words. Yes, but so, um, but no, my buddy Chris from uh, Not Your Average Sports Fans podcast. You almost did it again. I almost did. I had to not catch your myself. favorite football. That'd be Look, bad. I have been up for. I haven't even been up an hour yet. Okay, I got up at eight fifteen this morning. It is currently what nine nine ten. It's nine ten. Well, I haven't even been up an hour yet. Well, that sounds like a you problem. I mean, here's really what's going on for you those for those of you listening. What's really going on is yes, Raceland didn't get up till eight fifteen in the morning, but then we get to the studio and we have this magnificent breakfast burrito place, and I I think it's one of the best breakfast burritos I've ever had. Uh, probably top five, probably if I had to put a guess on it. Um, I'd say number one. Okay, yeah. I mean, I wasn't gonna go that far. Cause, well, because we one. don't have too many breakfast burritos. The only breakfast burrito we have around here outside of Victor's. Is Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, and, 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 it's, and sorry, Taco Bell. There's no comparison. No, but I've been on. I've been up since six thirty, so I've already been up awake, up and at it. Let's go. Let's do this. So Raceland's a little bit. Um, what's the word? Sluggish at the moment. But he'll yeah, because I, I didn't drink last night, so it's not foggy. It's just sluggish. Yeah, but no, Raceland. Um, back to the uh, the news. Though. I mean, again, I think it's exciting news because it's, there's a lot of change happening in the college football world. Um, yes. Whether you like it or not, it's changing. Yes. Um, it's going to be changing for, for the, I think, for the next few years. And it's going to be more changes coming, I believe, too. Um, again, USC makes a big deal of the Big Ten just because of the name brand. And they, they are starting to go back in the right path. The recruiting classes have been really up to snuff. 
And Lincoln Riley is going to bring a new offensive mindset there that's going to be putting points on the board. However, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do in the Big Ten because, as we all know, the Big Ten is a very physical conference up front in the trenches, and that's something that USC has lacked up as of late. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to that type of play once they get to that conference. Plus, by the time 2024 rolls around, Caleb Williams will be in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see who's all lined up quarterback-wise for USC to try to lead the charge in the in the Big Ten. Um, however, when the news first came, though, the first thing I thought of was USC is a great addition for the Big Ten because, like I said before, the name value and whatnot. However, UCLA is kind of one of those question marks. It kind of feels like UCLA is just trailing along because they want to keep that USC-UCLA rivalry going. And plus, I mean, maybe they're tired of the Pac-12 and, and, you know, and the stuff going on there. I mean, you know, but I guess we'll have to wait and see on that aspect of things. But US, UCLA is one of those programs to where you think they're turning the turn. I mean, you look, last year they had a couple good victories, but they really can't string them together. Um, but, I mean, Chip Kelly has to be in the hot seat right now. So if UCLA wants to be in that same category as USC as impact of, to the Big Ten in 2024, they're going to have to start ramping things up there um, unless it's just going to be, okay, UCLA's here. They're kind of like an Illinois-type team, um, unlike, unlike USC, where you, you might be talking about them as a Big Ten contender every year. Right, right. Um, so my thought on it, uh, about those two, and then we can jump into the ACC preview. Um, my thought on the two joining is I love it and I hate it because, I mean, first part, the love is is the biasy coming out in me as a Ohio State fan. It just, just gives Ohio State two more teams to whoop up on uh, and to make our buddy Pat sad every time that USC loses. Um, but the, the part I hate about it is, and I know I expressed this to you the other day, um, you know, it's it, let, let's say Ohio State goes to play UCLA on the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not and it's not a marquee game, so it's not like dead set seven o'clock on ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's seven o'clock, if it's a seven o'clock game on the West Coast, it's ten o'clock here. I hear your concerns, but I don't think that's going to happen. It will. Oh no, it will. I don't think so. I think part of the reason they're doing this also is we can. I mean, yes, the, the whole. With everything going on in the SEC, I think that's driving a little bit to the other conferences with yeah. people moving. But I think part of the reason is what is the one thing that comes to mind when you talk about the Pac-12? No one really knows the Pac-12 unless you're in Pac-12 territory, right? Because of how late they play, right? Maybe the USC and UCLA are trying to break out of that mold because what is one prominent thing in college football right now? The NIL. Yes. Well, how are you going to give a kid an NIL deal for millions of dollars to come to play for that school, and? You're on at 10 o'clock Central right, Time. Right. I think that's part of the reason because they're finally going to be able to be on that showcase level. Right. Well, so I hear your concern, but I, I, I highly doubt that that's going to happen. Well, and, and I mean, and I, I, I see where you're coming from with the whole NIL thing because, you know, what are two big football uh, states? California and. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. On the, on the, on the uh, East Coast. On the East Coast, I mean Florida and Ohio. I mean if Florida, Ohio's Midwest. Okay, so there's three. I, I I forgot about the third one. There's Florida, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean Pennsylvania. Yes. Pennsylvania is a, a a big football. It is state. I, it is. I just don't think the recruits from Pennsylvania get the same love as you know at Texas. And, and they don't. Florida. And they don't. But it, but it's still considered one of like the big five or six. 
Agreed. Yes. It's still one of the big five or six football states. Especially in so, the trenches. Yes. Although I, I, I still, I mean, I, I still am a firm believer that the best in the trenches, especially on the offensive side, uh, state is Wisconsin. Because Wisconsin has all that homegrown, farm boy, farm strength talent. Yep. Agreed. So I, Wisconsin, in my mind, until I'm proven wrong, they will be the best offensive lineman state. But, again, going back to where we were at, um, if, you, if you're USC, UCLA, you want to try and reach kids from Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida. So coming over here for them is great. From the NIL deal, the fact that they're going to get more exposure here on the East Coast in states when they're playing Ohio State, when they're playing Penn State, um, if they go when they go to play Wisconsin, um, and on the flip side, if you're a fan of UCLA or USC, going back to my thought of if it's a seven o'clock game there, it's a ten o'clock game here. Um, if it's a noon game here. Let's say let's say UCLA comes to play Ohio State. It's a noon game. That's nine o'clock for UCLA. Yeah. That's nine o'clock for California. Mm-hmm. Now, for a fan, that's great. You get watch football all day, literally all day. Yeah. That's what that's that's kind of why I, I <laughs> if I ever had enough money and if I ever had enough drive, I'd move to Arizona. Yeah, I mean that'd be great. And your and your prime time game is still five o'clock, so you get to go out and have dinner with friends and all that afterwards. Yeah. And, well, no the the seven o'clock ABC game is like three or four there. So you, you're done by four, seven. It, it, it's four. Well, no, no, yeah, no, you're not done by seven because then you still can watch those West Coast games. Yeah, I mean, you could be watching football from nine a.m. to midnight. Yeah, exa- ex- exactly, exactly. You can start off watching because I'm an, also an Arizona State fan. So you can get up. So let, let's say I moved to Arizona, I can get up, have the potential to watch Ohio State at nine. Watch football all day, whether and then whether it's ASU plays at noon, then three thirty or seven o'clock. I've got games all all day. Exactly. I mean that's a that's a football heaven. Yeah. And the what that's every that's all year round with every sport. Yes. The West Coast. But yes. One quick point before we wrap up this the news and then go to the ACC talk. Yeah. I see a lot on social media. You're you're you kind of hinted at of uh, you know you're kind of hesitant on it because of the tradition. Like you're, I mean, let's all face it. The Big Ten fans are really big on traditionalists. Yes, they're big, real big traditionalists. Yes. However, one thing I would like to point out to the Big Ten fans that might not agree with this move is let's take Ohio State fans because that's where we're from. That's probably mm-hmm. that's the top. That's pro- I'm going to say it. it's probably the biggest fan base in the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan's up there. It's probably tied for first with Michigan. Uh, I, it's a it's a big fan base. I don't think Michigan State compares. I don't think any of the other schools compare. Maybe Penn State, but that's about it. Yeah, you should be loving this because you get another historic program with prestige in your conference. So instead of playing, you know, depending on how they do the schedule layouts, once that uh, that move is official, instead of maybe having hosting Rutgers one game, and no offense to Rutgers, but you know, they've been mid-tier to bottom-tier of the Big Ten for since right. they joined. Right. Instead, you get a UC, USC game at home. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, no, I, and I agree. I agree. I mean, you, you talk about the prestigious program of UCLA. Now, obviously, UCLA hasn't done much in the last 10 years. But that doesn't mean they can't come into the Big Ten and actually make something of themselves now, especially with Lincoln Riley 
Um, and well, and by the time um, they're in the Big Ten, Caleb Williams is gone. He's in the NFL. So, yeah. uh, well, you have to wait and see how that plays out. Um, like I said, I mean, I was texting our buddy Pat last night. Uh, thank you very little, Pat. I was on a date. Um, and he was texting me. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm actually going to be able to watch UC or USC for the first time ever in person. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? You know, if I can maybe snag some tickets, I mean, if you want to go, we'll all three go. Yeah, because, I mean, those games are traditionally pretty good. And yeah. they're aggressive. Right. However, I think, and this is what I was saying, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for that move because it brings new matchups and it brings back historic matchups. I mean, Ohio State-USC always had implications on it when it when they played early yep. in the season. Always good games to watch, very physical. Um, so and, I'm excited to get back to that because I think that's something that, us as college football fans, I know we kind of hate change at times, especially, right. I mean, we were kind of hesitant from the playoff, from BCS era, um, and so forth. Um, but again, let's look at both sides of the spectrum, because I think the things that are going on in college football, yes, it's going to be very different, but I think it's going to make for some very entertaining Saturdays in the in the future. In the, for the Big Ten, yes. And and another thing, and then the last point, and then we can move on. Okay. Um, what else is this going to bring to the Big Ten? Especially when it comes to USC, money, viewership. Yes. yes. The big um, the Big Ten is working on a reported TV deal of a billion dollars, which means every team in the Big Ten, um, and that's hopefully they they announce that here soon. But I was watching ESPN last night while I was doing some show prep for today, um, and they said that it would be about a hundred million dollars for each school. Yeah, I mean that's huge. And, it's huge, and because you got to keep in mind too, now that the NIL deals are coming in, granted the schools don't pay for those deals, but if the schools keep making their money, it still is going to bring more revenue to the players yeah. as well. Eventually, yeah. especially with the new. I know it wasn't like that in the past. So it kind of sounds contradictory, right? But more money for the schools means more showcases for the players. You would think which means more NIL deals for the players, which they deserve, and they've deserved for a very long time. Yeah. But let's move on to the ACC preview stuff. Um, we had to get in those, that news, though, because that was pretty kind of surprising out of Monumental news. Now, there, uh, I will preface it by saying this. There are other teams that are looking to move because I'm, I'm hearing rumors of Washington and Oregon possibly joining the Big 12. Um, Notre Dame is their name is being thrown around. It seems like right now they're still going to be independent. But I I read that if if they do pursue um, their football team to go to a conference, if it's not the ACC, obviously they have to pull every other sport out of the ACC, and they would have to take a, uh, a they'd have to pay the exit fee yeah. because they have a contract. I think up until twenty twenty. Six. Yeah, because football is the only thing that's independent at Notre Dame. Right. So they would, ha- and so there are rumors of them maybe looking at if they do possibly joining, you know, making football into the ACC, um, or possibly joining like the Big Ten, maybe Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, this is this is ACC related, so we'll go ahead and talk about it. I mean, back when 2020, when Notre Dame was kind of the guy outside looking in, when everybody was sticking their conference play. Yeah. I hope Notre Dame takes into account if they are trying to join a conference. They need to keep an account of the ACC is the only team that offered the olive branch for them to come and play. Yes. Um, and I know 
and, and people might laugh at that and snicker, but it's the reality. If Notre Dame didn't play that year, imagine how much money they lose from their television deals, from the attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's very minimal attendance, but... Well, there was no attendance. Yeah, so, I mean, but their TV deal alone, I mean, the TV deal is going to be like, oh, we want that year back on our money-wise. Um, so, ACC offered that olive branch, and they came in and were able to play some pretty high games. Yeah. High-profile games. Um, but we'll have to wait and see what comes to Notre Dame. But, Grayson, let's go ahead and talk about this new ACC schedule format. I know we kind of briefly hit it. Yes. But this is a big deal in the ACC because it's been talked about for a while now, but people kind of drug their feet, drug their feet, drug their feet. But now it's finally happening. And the way that it's set up is it's only – right now it's only committed from 2023 to the 2026 season, so four years. The divisions, like you said, are gone, out the window. Thank God. I think everyone's had enough of the divisions. So you're going to have three set opponents every year, and you're obviously going to rotate home to away, home and away in those three years. And then the remaining 10 teams, you're going to be going in a, in a you're going to play them at least twice in a four-year format. So you're going to play one at home, one away yes. in the four years. I love it because, I mean, this is the most common hitting point is once you go to a school, you play at every campus. I know the SEC, I think um, – one of the SEC coaches said that, you know, we have guys that come here and they haven't played here. A team hadn't played in our school in 10 years since we joined. Right. Um, and that takes away from the kids' experience, which I agree with. Um, so I'm excited for that aspect. But, I mean, if you look at I mean, this really allows for some really exciting matchups within those four years. Um, and I think it's a breath of fresh air that ACC needs, especially, you know, to, to get – Obviously, a lot more needs to happen, but they need to get the prestige up or they're going to end up like the next Pac-12 right. um, if things don't change, unfortunately. But, I mean, race. I mean, we talked about it off the air, but what do you think about the ACC finally changing the format and how many more schools do you think are going to follow? I mean, not schools, but conferences are going to follow suit here in the near future. Well, so, I mean, who who's already done it? Uh, because I know there's already another Power Five conference, Pac-12 maybe, because they don't have a they don't have divisions anymore. I don't That's think. right, it was Pac-12. So Pac-12's already done it. The ACC is now Big done 12 it. Also, did the Big Twelve do it too? Big Twelve don't have conferences. I don't think they ever did. I think they've always been. Top- uh, you're, I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think they ever have. Yeah. Um, so obviously the Big Twelve never did. Pac-12 now doesn't have divisions. ACC now doesn't have divisions. Um, it looks like the Big Ten is the next one on the list. Because I mean, it, we've talked about this. Kevin Kevin Warren, the big uh, Big Ten president, has talked about it um, before. And I know that at one point this year, you could go into the Ohio State website and see their matchups mm-hmm. for the next three years. Right. Because I know we have a home and home with Texas starting not this season, next season. Or yeah, home and away with Texas starting next season. Um, uh, but now, if you go in and look, Texas is the only one on that list for the next two seasons, not after this one. Yeah. So it, it looks like they're possibly moving away from that. Um, I saw something on Instagram, maybe it was Instagram or Twitter, the other day that um, the ACC is going to preface uh, two, I don't want to say major rivals, but kind of major rivals for each team. Um now, and, and, and it, it, it's a bit of a jumbled mess. So I'm going to use your, your Hurricanes for an example. Their two, quote-unquote, major opponents are going to be Florida State and Boston College. 
Well, so actually, the way they set up, you have three of those. You have a set three. I so okay, so I only saw two. No, I'm, I'm looking at the official ACC, and I've it's, okay, okay, it's it's a set three because so you bring up Miami. So to use an example, Miami set three are. Boston College, Florida State, and Louisville. Louisville. That's our set three. Okay. Because um, I, I, I wanted to say there was a fourth team on there outside of Boston College, Louisville, and Florida State that had Miami as one, but Miami didn't have them. Uh, no, I mean, if you look, if I'm looking at the graphics now, I mean, they're, yeah, Miami's only listed three times. Okay. Um, yeah, it's your set three. Okay. Um, which, I mean, I'm not a big fan of our set three outside of Florida State, but. Well, I see why I mean, they did it because it pays homage to the old Big East with Louisville and, what, and so right. forth. But yes, I mean, again, if you look at some of the major ones, I mean, I feel bad for Florida State because they get Clemson and Miami. Right. Um, but if you look at like some of these other schools, like if you look at NC State, they got Clemson, Duke, North Carolina. That's not a terrible, you know, not a terrible pickup. Um, I mean, yeah, but Florida State, man, I feel bad for them. You get Flo- Clemson and Miami. The two, arguably two of the big names in the conference, right? Outside of Florida State, of course, right? Man, that's just a hard draw, and then Florida State always plays Florida every year, so that's an out of conference game that's going to be tough in the future. Um, if Billy Napier can get things going, but yeah, I I love the format. I I think I'm I'm happy they kept a lot of the rival rivalries intact. I think that was the big fear for a lot of fans in yeah. in the conference. Yeah. Um, but they again they value the rivals because guess what. Again, that's one of the main things that AC has that's keeping them intact is for one Miami Florida State, it's almost a shoe in. It's gonna be at three thirty on one of the major networks. Um Clemson has a couple rivalries. I mean, they need to get Florida State back up and running. I mean, I right. know it's kinda of weird hearing me say that. Right. But again, that's a key that's very important for the conference when Florida State gets back. Right. No, and, and I agree, because I mean what if if you get Florida State back, it's just good for football. Agreed. It's just, it's because Florida State, they have that, and Miami's the same way. And their North Carolina can they they don't have as much prestige as the other two, Miami and Florida State, but they still have somewhat a somewhat of a prestige that when they're good, it just makes college football better. Now, obviously, every team can't be good because no. then there would be no bad teams. But that's and I'm sorry if you're a fan if you're listening, but that's what like NC State's for. NC State's right there. I mean, I, I we're going to talk about, about the, they're a, in, in my opinion, they're about middle of the pack because they have been pretty decent here in the past few years. But up until like the the, the past like 10, 12 years, they haven't they weren't great. They were just at least they were okay at best, if not like mediocre. So to your point, I think that's kind of the things that makes the ACC exciting, but hurts in a small way because. There's so much fluctuation in the rankings, and and uh, because there is. NC State used to struggle, yeah. But then, as of late, like you said, they're up in the top tier of the Atlantic side of the, of the division, yeah. And well, and, and but look then at, look at Virginia; they were just in the AC Championship two seasons ago, yeah. And they well, were look at mediocre last year. Look at uh, um, Clemson. Clemson for the longest time was a mediocre team. Very until about C.J. Spiller and, and I, you know those you, guys. You get came Deshaun in. Watson, C.J. Spiller. Um, I'm blanking on the quarterback, but um, Trevor Lawrence. Well, I mean, even before Trevor, it was Deshaun Watson and then and, um, Kelly Bryant. Yep, Kelly Bryant. No, no, no. Kelly Bryant was no. That's no. That was Chad Kelly. Kelly. Chad Kelly went to Ole Miss. Okay, yeah. yeah so Kelly it was Bryant. Deshaun yeah, yeah. Watson, then Bryant, uh, Kelly Bryant, and then Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. That's yeah. how it went. So out, outside of those, like you know, Clemson was an okay, mediocre team. Agreed. Now, mean, now, now. I mean, obviously, last season they were not great. They still won ten games. They did. 
Which they, is, I mean, I everyone talks about them like they're this awful team last season, but they they won ten games. And, well, and I, I think it's because of the magnitude that you know they didn't have they didn't have the Brian Kelly, they didn't have Sean Watson, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, they had DJ Ugalele. Which we'll talk about him later on the show. And he's not a. I can't say he's not a bad quarterback because he's not a good quarterback in my opinion. But I, I think I think it's their defense last year is what held them up to ten games. Yes, so. agreed. So, I mean, let's go ahead and I know um, we're kind of hitting on them, but let's talk about the teams that will take the the setback. I have mine limited to one team when it comes to taking a step back from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two this season. Okay. Um. So, Raceland, um. I'm going to go ahead and talk about mine because we already kind of hinted at it. Right. I think uh, Clemson's going to be the team to take the setback this season. Okay. Um, the reason I say that is because of the fact of uh, the guy that you just named, DJ Ugalele, um, he has to improve. I know he stepped in a couple times for Trevor Lawrence in the 2020 season. Looked really good. Look, had, looked great. And had some fantastic moments. But then you get the 2021, he's a full-time guy. And it's like, whoa. And I think the major one was the Georgia game. Yes. Um, now, granted, that Georgia defense, I mean, that, that was an elite defense. You rarely see that type of defense in college football. Oh, yeah. Um, bunch of monsters, first-round picks. I say seven or eight guys on that defense, and they've got another one or two this year that are going to go first round. Maybe even more after it's all said and done. Yeah. And, and so it's hard to put one game on him and make that the identifying factor. Yep. However... If you look at his stat line last year, under twenty, he had two just over twenty two hundred yards, nine touchdowns, ten interceptions. Okay, that is a terrible touchdown and interception ratio. Yeah, it's not good. Um, and the yards ain't that great either because college football is set up for the passing attack. So right, um, you have to have that improvement. And you look at the, on the other side of the football, what's the thing that's kind of gotten Clemson through those tough valleys to those ten wins? And you said it before, it was the, it defense. Was the defense. They had a top five defense last season. Yes, they did. Um, and that was because of Brett Venables. He was, he's a, one of the best defensive minds in the college football game. He reminds me a lot of uh, Bud Foster back in Virginia Tech. You know, when they, Virginia Tech was successful, yeah, it was because of the defense and the mentality they brought. And he and Brett Venables brings the mentality and the energy that makes Clemson the defense what it is. Now, obviously, they get some dudes in there. You can't, no, you yeah, can't yeah, gloss yeah. over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also those other things that he Brett Venables brings to the sideline. I mean, we all seen the clip of he literally has a back guy grabbing onto his shirt. He swats a guy and gets in his face too because he's so into the game. Yeah. Um. And and he obviously he's not there no more. He's right. going to Oklahoma to take over from what Lincoln Riley left. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's a huge loss because I think it's very hard to replicate what Brett Venables brings to the defensive side of the college football game. Um. And another thing is too. They have a tough schedule. They do. They have some tough games. I mean, they play at Wake Forest this year, who was in the ACC championship game last year instead mm-hmm. of Clemson. They play at Notre Dame, which we don't know what they are per se, especially since uh, Brian Kelly left. Um, Wait, what week is that? Uh, they play – I can look it up really quick. What week is that? I want to say it's pretty late in the year, actually. Oh, okay. Because I was say, because if it's week two, they're going to come off that loss to Ohio State. They're going to be no to North or yeah, Notre so Dame will. Notre Dame is in November. Oh, okay. November 5th at 7.30 in South Bend. Yeah. So it's going to be a raucous crowd. Now, obviously, again, like I had to preface this, we don't know what Notre Dame's going to be. They have a lot of changes going on over there. Right. Um, but again, that's a team that still can bring in players. It's still a guy that's in the house, so they're going to play hard for him. So... Notre Dame, outside of AC, I mean, they're kind of ACC, but they're not. 
that's a team that's probably the most unknown at this point. But back to Clemson. And then you look at their home slate. They host NC State, who yep. was in the top three in the Atlantic standings last year. Yep. I think they were number two ahead of Clemson, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they were. They were 9-3 and three last year, 62 in the conference. And, by the way, NC State's bringing back their quarterback that had a phenomenal stat line. Um, and then you look at the, the one that is also an unknown. It's Miami. They have Miami on the schedule this year to where, right. uh, again, I know people are snickering because Miami has been kind of average at best. But if you look at Miami last year, um, Pitt, Pitt had one loss in the ACC last year. Miami. And it was to Miami. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because Tyler Van Dyke really started hitting his strides. Now, yep. I get it. Miami lost to Florida State last season, put themselves in a hole early, couldn't claw out, whatever. This isn't the Miami Hurricane show. Right. But Tyler Van Dyke is legit. I mean, everyone, there's a lot of people projecting him to be a top in a first round draft pick. Yeah. Um, so that's a big deal. And I, I, I've got him as a dark horse MV, or uh, Heisman. Yeah. And I was kind of, and I was even surprised by that. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, there's some talent down there in South Beach, and obviously Mario Cristobal, that effect is going to have a huge impact on it. Yep. Um, but again, if that if Miami shows up, and, and we'll know real quick when they play Texas A&M what Miami is, yep. if they compete with Texas A&M or even beat Texas A&M, that game on Clemson's schedule becomes even more difficult. So there's four games. Yep. I mean, now, they, if even if they go th- two and two, but that could easily be one and three too, to be depending on DJ. Right. Um, so I think that's why that they're going to have the setback. If I had to put, if I had to make a, a soda bet on it, if I had to, you know, <laughs> buy you a, a, a twelve pack of Coke, uh, Coca Cola, um, that's who I would predict to have the biggest setback in twenty twenty two. Okay. Um, real quick before I hit mine, um, I want to talk Miami real quick. Okay. I'm always down to talk to Kane. I know you are. I know you are. And I want to get your thoughts because you and I have not talked about this at all yet. What do you think about Miami getting the number three quarterback in the 24 class? I think it's huge. Taking t- Picking Miami over Alabama, Clemson, and I want to say A&M, Texas A&M. I think it does two things. I think, one, I love it because at the college football position, the quarterback wins you games. It's kind of like the high school level in a lot of ways. Yeah. The best player of the field should be your quarterback. Okay. Um, if you look at all the, the most successful programs, um, you know, through the years, I mean, look at Texas and Vince Young. Yeah. He was the best player on the field. Yes. Um, look at Texas A&M when they had Johnny Manziel, when they were beating Alabama. He was the best player on the field. Um, which which I will argue he he probably should have been a two-time Heisman. Agreed. I, I think he should have won his freshman year. Um, I mean, look at Ohio State back in um, Jim Trestle, who was the best player on the field, Terrell Pryor. I mean, he made things happen. Terrell Pryor, that, Braxton Miller. I mean, yeah, the list goes on and on. So, now, there are some exceptions. I think Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in there, but he also had Jamar Chase, who probably top two. They were probably equally as important on that team. Yes. But again, it still states the fact that you got to have a, that type of dude at quarterback. Right. Um, so the fact that we're stockpiling, because Tyler Van Dyke's probably leaving this year. Yes. So the fact that he can come in, and by the way, we still have some guys on the roster that could play next year while he sits and learns, but well, no, he won't even be in next year because he's. A, I think is is he's a twenty four or is he twenty three? I want to say he's a twenty four kid. Let's see. I want to say he's a twenty four kid, but no, I I, I agree. Yeah, I, th- I think I think he is too. But I mean, so I think that's a that's a great addition for Miami. Now again, it's a verbal commit. Uh, my buddy Dalton from Not Travis Sports Fans Podcast will say it's a verbal commit. He was saying this about Arch Manning in Texas. Um. It's a verbal commit. Anything can change until he signs his name on the dotted line. 
It's a verbal commit. He can change his mind. Now, I don't think he will when it comes to this kid going to Miami. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, and then Arch Manning to Texas. Because if they if they feel like they can make a big enough NIL deal at, at Miami and Texas respectively, they're going to stay. Yeah, because they also – I mean, Jalen Rashada is the uh, guy that's verbally committed right now. Okay. Um, he actually has a hard commit as of June 26th. Okay. Um, pick teams – he picked Miami over Florida, LSU, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. Okay, um, so – Class of 23. Okay, yeah, because – well, and I saw Alabama was on there too. And they might be. I, they just have a brief – Right, right. I mean, there's 32 offers on him, but I'm not – he had five visits. I don't think he went to Alabama. Um, this is according to 24-7, so – you know how the recruiting game is. It's kind of you have to take oh, in a lot of different things. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, and I think the other thing it does too, Raceland, is not only does it provide that, you know, the string of talent for the next foreseeable future at quarterback, yep. but also it puts in the fact of, okay, let's – in the past, you know, like during the Mark Richt era, the Al Golden era, the Randy Shannon era, the Manny Diaz era, teams weren't – my pe- team uh, players weren't picking Miami over those schools. Right in the past, he probably would have went to Texas A&M. He probably would have went to Florida. Right. And by the way, keep in mind this is not a South Beach kid. This is a California kid. Right. So we went into USC territory. Sorry, Pat. Uh, <laughs> UCLA, and we plucked one of those guys. You did. So that's a huge win for Miami because it's changing the perception. And that's one thing that Mario Cristobal is doing, and it's changing the perception. I saw a tweet the other day, and, I, and it was talking about how you know they pulled in for the visits, and he saw fancy cars uh, everywhere. He's like, that's not what it's about. He's like, we're no. trying to get away from the you know that kind of stuff because we want to turn it back to the the U. The U. And if Mario, and by the way, Cristobal was part of the U. Back in the you know in the late eighties, was and he? 90s. Yes, he was part of it. He was a lineman. Uh, okay. He 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 was part of that that dynasty. Um, won a national championship game. See, I didn't know that, so that just makes it even more sweeter for Miami fans. He's an alum. He was part of the U when okay. it was still prevalent, and that's why he. I think that's the reason he left Oregon to come back. Now, plus a lot of uh, zeros behind on the paycheck. Oh, absolutely. But, that makes a big difference too. But, but you know, he's he. His, but again. Having that tied to the program, it makes it personal. Because yeah. if you look at the Miami alumni, they're very attached to the program. If you look at Warren Sapp, you look at Leon Searcy, look at Ed Reed, look at Michael Irvin, look at Ray Lewis. The Rock. The, I mean, even The Rock. I mean, what is one thing they all carry with them and they, they show proudly? They went the to U. the U. I mean, it's on Young Rock for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, I remember when Ohio State and Miami were playing. It was the first time they met since the uh, the national championship game. I think it was 2011. Um, it was Trail Pryor was still there. Was this? It was. It was the year that Travis Benjamin had a return for a touchdown. Miami competed, but they they just didn't have enough guys to knock off Ohio State. This is right before the Bowserman year. It was the year before that. What was this? Was this the year of? Suspension, or was that the year before? The year before. Um, that's right, because twelve. That's because twelve. Was twenty was twelve. Okay, yeah. So because yeah. twenty twelve, that's when Ohio State came to Miami. Um, this was at the shoe. And then you beat us in twelve, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of teams did. A lot of teams did. But yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was a, a bad five hundred year. But the Rock <laughs> made a, a, a promotional video talking about the Miami. How there's a Category Five hitting Columbus. He went on a big two minute spiel and rock and character. Yeah. Um, but that. Uh, 
but that's a long about way of saying the program matters to these alumni guys. And the fact that they have a guy in there that knows what it takes and knows how important that logo right. is is going to make wonders for that program. Right. Um, but again, this I'm excited. I again, there's a lot. There's a flood of recruits going to Miami. Four stars too. Yeah. Back in the day, it was three, maybe an occasional four. If we got lucky, Christmas morning it was a five. <laughs> um, so I'm I do as a Miami fan, the last two years were rough. I mean, lo- I mean, you talk about you know, actually the last three years, 19 we lose to. Uh, FIU 2020, we we kind of stunk outside of the Florida State game where it didn't matter what we did, we right. just got ten yards in a cloud of dust. Right. Um, and then last year, I mean, it was it was seven and five, but it was a rough seven and five. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to see what Miami does. Um. The future is definitely looking bright, and it all. I, 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 it's a joke, but it's all truth. It's all thanks to Kirk Herbstreit ripping them a new butthole <laughs> on College Game Day that morning. Right. Right. So, um, so who's your setback, Raislin? I know we got a little Miami tinge, which I'm always appreciative, but yeah. And well, and again, like I said, you and I hadn't talked about it yet, and I wanted to get your thoughts, yeah. especially here live now, uh, live recording of the show. Yeah. Um, this one was tough for me because there were a few teams I could have gone Clemson, but. I don't know, man. This this was tough because again, I don't I don't follow the ACC like you do. Yeah. So this was tough for me, and it still is. But I, God, I'm I'm trying to see something on my phone, but it's I it's, mean, if you look it's, at the, lo- it's not like lo- it helps at all. I mean, I remember when I was doing my research, one of the teams that came to my mind was Wake Forest, but. It, the reason it changed my mind was, I mean, Wake Forest, you know, last year, 11-3 and in overall, 7-1 in the conference, went to the uh, to the ACC championship game. And it's just, and, but their schedule's too easy. And, Hart, and, you know, Sam Hardman's coming back. So it's, I don't think they'll take that setback like I initially thought. Um, because if you look at that schedule, man, there, there's no reason why they can't win 10 games again. Right, right. Um, okay, so, yeah, that... I could have gone Wake Forest, but I, I think this one's almost too easy. Um, it's not Clemson. I'm thinking Pitt. Yeah, and that, and that very well. Yeah. I, I'm thinking Pitt. You got you don't have Kenny Pickett. You don't have uh, Jordan Addison anymore. You got Keaton Sloves at quarterback, who is a downgrade uh, from Kenny Pickett. Uh, I just don't see them being a top 25 team this year at all. I mean, you, you you lost the Blitnikoff Award winner, or yeah, yeah, he won the award, right? Yes. Yeah, you lost the award winner. You lost the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks to come out of your program, and now you're left with nothing except Keaton Slovis. Who, I mean, maybe he can have a career resurgence in Pitt, but what weapons does he have around him? They did really well last year. They looked like you know they could have been on the verge to make it into the the playoffs. Lost lost a game late and, and couldn't recover. So I, I I don't think that Pitt will be the Pitt that we saw last year. No, I mean because I mean Kenny Pickett was lights out for them last year. Yeah. Um, and he he and he kind of kind of grew in front of our eyes because Kenny Pickett showed what he was capable of in 2020. Um. However, 2021 is really when he showed out and made oh, himself the first round. Absolutely. I um, mean, he felt, you can tell it was a different guy. He felt more comfortable in the pocket. 
And unfortunately, I mean, they won the conference last year, so I mean, yeah. it was a successful season. But if you look at that Miami game, their only loss, the pit defense couldn't stop a cold. No. It was it was bad. Yeah. And so again, if you look at Pitt's schedule too, I mean, they start off the year with West Virginia, um, Tennessee. Then they go Western Michigan, Rhode Island. So the out of conference is kind of suspect. I mean, that Tennessee game would be rough. Yeah. But then you look at their ACC schedule: Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Louisville, North Carolina, Syracuse, Virginia, Duke, Miami. One of those games will be difficult. Miami, Possibly. The Possibly. Miami game. Like that's a very, very generous ACC schedule. It is. Um, Virginia but- Tech, you hope will improve, but. Again, they've been on the downward slope for a couple of years, right? So, and it, it helps that it's at home and it's your homecoming. So you better you, you have to win that game, pit exactly. But again, exactly. that's not a tough schedule. Again, but but that I, loss I, of Kenny Pickett, yeah, huge. I, losing Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, I, I I just don't see them being able to recover well at all, and even still being a top twenty five team this year. I I don't. I'm not saying they're going to go set or a five hundred. But I don't see them winning more than seven games. Well, seven, that's that's real rough. But but, but that's kind of the uh, the way of Pitt, though. Mm-hmm. Is they kind of take that step back, and they have a few good years. They take that step back, takes a couple years to improve, and then, then they're right back at it. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, the, I guess the reason that Pitt, I knew about the you know Kenny Pickett leaving, obviously. The thing, the thing that stopped me though, was the fact of. The Atlantic is so much more deep, right? Than the coastal. Yeah. Um, the coastal is still kind of a uh, crapshoot because we don't know what Miami is. We really don't know what Virginia Tech's going to come back with. Um, there's so much unknown in that side of the conference. But yeah, I mean that's a great choice because again, Kenny Pickett was the guy last year um, in the ACC. So yeah, I I I could very easily see that happening. Um, and if that their falls hard, yes, yeah, seven games might be the the ceiling for them. Yeah. Yeah, and again, you know, they just don't have the talent. I know we keep prefacing that, but they don't. It, but and that, and that and that's a big key factor of why I think they're going to fall back. Now, like you said, they have a pretty generous schedule, but I don't see them again winning more than seven games. Seven, seven at the most, and I'm going to say four at the least. See, I, I would go more of I think Pitt's going to win seven or eight, with five or six being the base. Okay, just because of the schedule. I mean, we, I mean, if you look at the schedule, there. I all right. So if we're talking overall, they'll beat West Virginia. I'm gonna say they beat West Virginia somehow. Yeah. They lose to Tennessee, so that's one win. I mean, so they got one win there, West Virginia. So one and one, Western Michigan. That's two and one. Rhode Island three and one. Georgia Tech four and one. Yeah, I'm gonna say they lose to Virginia Tech somehow, though. I mean, I think that's a winnable game, but let's say it's four and two. Louisville, they'll lose somehow, four and three. Again, North Carolina, what is North Carolina after losing Sam Howell? Um, Syracuse, they should beat Syracuse. Virginia's again, Virginia, man, that's always a team that's like, what is Virginia gonna be? Right. There's there's some years, man. You're like Virginia, man. They might be a team to watch out for, and uh, no, they're not. It's it's and it's only October, right? Um, Duke, they they have to beat Duke. Duke did not win a single conference game last year. They didn't. Duke went on. They won, I think, three games last year, and then it went a single one in the conference. Yeah. If you lose to Duke, 
There's some problems there in Pittsburgh. That's what I'm saying. Sorry. I don't mean Affinity Duke fans, but it's reality. You won zero conference games in a uh, mediocre conference last year. Uh, are, are there any Duke football fans? Because <laughs> I think they're all just basketball fans at this point. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. I mean, I remember a few years ago. I mean, this was like 2013. So more than a few years ago, almost 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. I mean, 10 years ago, Miami played Duke in Duke. And this was back when Duke had a really good quarterback. I'm, I I blanked the name because I suppressed this game in my memory banks. And I swear to the man above, he freaking, they just ran the same play. Quarterback, you're running the ball. Running the ball. And he got five, six, seven yards of carry. Um, what a nightmarish game. And that was back when we, for some reason, I think this was the Al Golden era, maybe. Um, we Our linebackers were playing six yards off the football for whatever God knows name. I mean, it was like seven, eight yards. They were in like already in their coverage before the ball was snapped. Um, but, yeah, I mean. But to your point, I mean, Duke, I mean, that program, it's a basketball program. It's not a football school, but no, there not, are some times. by any means. But when they're good, they do show out and support. Um, but, Rachel, let's go ahead and move along from the setbacks, and let's talk about what is the one team on, on in the ACC that you think could be the most improved? Miami. Okay, well, at least I'm not being a homer because I Miami. also picked Miami. Miami. I mean, you're bringing in, you're bringing in an alum at head coach in Cristobal. Yeah. A guy who had success at Oregon for what, the last two, three years. Yeah, I mean, he 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 had success recruiting, had success on the field. Yeah, um, he had and, a major and, win at Ohio and, State last. I mean, he showed he can he can do the things you need a, a big a big time coach to do. Right, and well, and again, like you you talked about recruiting, he had great recruits at, at Oregon. He's already got one of the biggest recruits here for Miami in recent memory, coming up in twenty four. And, and and we talked about Tyler Van Dyke a little earlier, you know. I mean, he he's a dark horse Heisman. He is a guy who has, like you said, he's been talked amongst a lot of analysts to be a first round quarterback in this up or in next season's uh, draft. Mario Cristobal is going to do great things in Miami. I can see Miami being in the running for the ACC championship. Yeah, I can see. I mean, that's. I mean, if you look at the, because they have the quarterback too. They do. They have the quarterback, and the coaching is going to be better. Do at, Do they have enough weapons around him? Is the, the biggest question, though. Does Tyler Van Dyke have enough weapons to be able to really solidify Miami? Because now, obviously, you can have a great quarterback. Let's say you 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 can have Patrick Mahomes, but if you put him on a team with not a lot of great. Or very to live very little talent around him. He's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but he's not going to be Super Bowl winning champion Patrick Mahomes. And again, I mean the talent has always been kind of the issue at Miami when it comes to why we can't compete with the big schools. Um, I think we have enough to where he can elevate the talent to be good. Okay. I mean, if you look at the spring game, there's a lot of bright spots. Obviously, there's a lot of gaps we have to fill because we're we've been. What's the word for it? it there's there, there has been a big gap for a very long time to where we want to be. Yes. Talent wise. Yes. That's why I looked the Bama game last year, and it was the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Texas A and M. Hopefully not, but yeah. you can very easily see it being that way. Right. Look at LSU in 2018, a year removed from being number two in the nation. 
you know, going the last week of the regular season, yep, it was a blowout. Yeah, why is because the talent gap has been so wide for so long. Um, so I think I think it'll be okay to where I think they can win the conference, not conference, but the division, and yeah. go the the conference championship, and then we'll see. Yeah. Um, I think once we get there, I think they compete with, and we'll obviously see Clemson in the regular season. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to most improved, I think you know Tyler Van Dyke's going to take a step forward. I think there is some key uh, key guys that can make contributions there um, around him. Defensively, um, that's the question mark um, because every year I think the Miami defense is going to take that step forward. It takes two steps back, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, again, it's a whole new regime, so I'm curious to see what they're going to throw out because you can look at the spring game and get hints, but we all know that they're not showing anything on that spring game. Right, right, right. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens in a live game. Unfortunately, I think week one is between Cookman, so I don't think we'll see much there. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's going, I'm, I'm really excited for that Texas A&M game. That's when we're going to see what Miami is. Yeah. I've always said, if you want to see how good you are, go against a team that is very good the year before and coming in very good. Yeah. Because what that that score will indicate how far apart you really are. Right. right. Um, obviously, 2017 Miami gave us some false hope. Um Blowing out Notre Dame, <laughs> blowing out Virginia Tech, and then blowing it against Pitt, getting mauled against Clemson, and um, yeah, and then getting mauled in the Orange Bowl. Right, right. So we've got about ten minutes left. Five. We've got about five to ten minutes because right. we started recording a little later than what we should have. But uh, so I mean, you've you want to talk like in the list here? You've got hot seats, big games, um. Winners of each division, and then final thoughts. So I'll leave it up to you, um, but we can really only talk about maybe like two more spots. What do you want? So the the, the so I'll go with the coaching hot seat really quick. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna go really quick. There's two guys I have on there. The first one's Mike Norvell. I think the obvious is there. He's eight and thirteen, six yeah. and ten in the conference. His yeah. time there. Um, he's been there since 2019. Um, again, um. It's, Florida State has been bad. They lost to Jackson State, Jacksonville yep. State last year. Yep. Um, and then if you look at Jackson State, Deion Sanders, it's going to be tempting to bring him in after seeing what he's doing at Jackson State. Right. Um, so I think that's why Mike Norvell, his below-average um, record, um, I think this is a huge year. If they go out and stink it up again and the recruiting's not looking bright, they're yep. going to have to do something. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, he took over from a bad situation under Willie Taggart, and obviously that didn't work out well. Right. Um, then Mike Norvell comes in, and yeah, it, we all we, we see that what's on the field. Right. It's not acceptable for Florida State standards. Who, who, who's your second? Dino Babers from Syracuse. Look, he's been there for six seasons. He's twenty nine and forty three. Um, last season, he lost to Florida State and he lost to Rutgers. Um, and Syracuse is not; they haven't been that power program probably since Don McNabb was there. Yeah. Um and even then they weren't that dominant. Yeah. But again, they're still wanting to win. There's st- I mean, you're in right. the game to win, right? Right, right, right. Um what's that saying from Herb Weber, your coach? You play to win the game. You play to win the so, game. So again, I think they're gonna have to do something. I don't think if they if they have a sub five hundred a year, I think he's out of there too. Oh, um, and I think they will. I, I like Dino Babers. I I mean you, you, but again it, it's just not working out there for Syracuse. Right. Um, then let's move. I, well, I so I, I've got I've got one real quick. All right, what you got? Uh, Mac Brown, North Carolina. Because I mean, you, you look at what they were supposed to be the last two seasons with Sam Howell. Sam Howell looked really good two years ago, and then you expect him to come in the next year, which, which was last season, 
and just have a stellar explosive year and they they had a subpar year. If the, and now there's not a lot of hold, there's not a big expectation like there was last year, but I feel that if he gets four or less wins, he's probably gone. I don't think they'll fire Mac Brown. I think Mac Brown will probably retire, step away just to, you know, right? Because you know, you know how it is. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that gives me pause is because they just lost Sam House, and now they got to get another quarterback. Well, and again, that's but, why man, that that's Sam why Howell I said last like, year was very disappointing. It was, and that's why I said you know four wins or less. Because for North Carolina standards, now again, North Carolina has not always been the greatest football team. They're again like Duke, more of a basketball school. But still, like you know, they're they're fairly decent for football, yeah. Especially under Mac Brown. But if they only have four games this year where they have a win, like you said, if if they don't fire, if North Carolina doesn't fire Mac Brown, he'll retire. Yeah, so they went six and seven last year. They didn't win a single game on the road. Six and seven with Sam Howell and what he was supposed to be is what is is the one terrible. that's more damning to me. They didn't win one road game last year. Which is terrible. It's That's bad. awful. So, but, but I mean, yeah, I, I think Mac Brown. Yeah, I mean, look at North Carolina's schedule. I mean, the, they're non-con. They're hey, watch out, North Carolina, September third. They're coming for you, Appalachian State. At Appalachian State. Oh boy, App State has a history for upsetting big schools. They, that might be a loss. I mean, but if you look outside of that game, you have Week One Florida A and M, then Week Three Georgia State, and then the buzzsaw. Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Miami, back to back to back. Mm-hmm. But you get two of the three at home. Right. Um, at Miami, October 8th, and then Duke, Pitt, Virginia, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, NC State. So the last two of the three are pretty tough. So, All right. Yeah. So, all right, what do you got next? Yeah, so we're going to wrap things up. Um, so I'm just going to throw it out there. We don't have to really break it down. But some big ACC games, in my opinion, to look out for this season. Um, you have Clemson and Wake Forest early in the season, yep. uh, September 24th. Um, you're talking about a team that went to the conference championship and a team that's used to being there, so that's going to be a play, a pivotal role. NC State at Clemson, again, a team that was in the in the top three, two top three teams, buying it out. Yeah. Um, you know, Levy's coming back. Uh, no, it's Leary, Dan Leary. Um, he's coming back. <laughs> I said Levy Smith is at Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he had 35 touchdowns last year. Devin Leary, yeah, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions, almost 3,500 3, yards. Again, he's coming back. That's going to be a huge return. Um, and then NC State Wake, and then obviously the question mark we talked about, the Miami-Clemson, it, that could play a, a pivotal role when it comes to the ACC championship game um, you know, qualification. So, again, th- I know we hit those quick, but like you said, we're running low on time. And yep. So, real quick, wrap things up. Who do you think we're going to see in the ACC championship game? Miami-Clemson. Man, that was quick. Miami-Clemson. I think Miami's going to take the biggest step this year, and I don't think Clemson takes a big enough step back. I think it's going to be Miami and NC State. Okay. I really like what NC State's bringing back. Okay. NC State's really good. And, again, that quarterback, 35 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, that's a phenomenal ratio. It is. And they're bringing back some defensive guys, and they're bringing back some key offensive guys. Right. Again, I like what NC State has. I think that's going to be a tough team this year. Um, And, again, I think they're going to beat Clemson in the regular season. So, I'm just happy you have Miami in there. That made my morning. Hey, no you know longer. what? I'm I'm being a realist, and uh, not just because you're you're one of my best friends, but because you know I know football well enough that I think Miami's going to take the biggest step this year, uh, yeah. and I'm going to say Miami's going to take the biggest step out of any college football team. 
I mean, I hope so. I mean, I well, think I mean, the you, last thing. How, that, how many wins did you guys have last year? Seven. Exactly. Yeah. To go from seven to possibly no nine, ten. That's huge. Yes, that's huge. I mean, e- ESPN's FPI, their their football index, um, they've got Miami at ten wins, nine or ten wins. Yeah, and it's and po- I think it's possible. gonna be. It's gonna, I think it's gonna be there too. Again, I hope if they lose that Texas A&M game, I, don't, I mean, I'm not. I'm hoping they win, but if they do lose, I hope that doesn't translate to the remaining of the schedule, which. Miami Ways has proven in the past that it does appear that way. But, again, under Mario Cristobal, things may change. But, Rayson, we're out of time for this episode as uh, we kind of hinted there at the end. So, that would do it. Um, we're going to be talking about the other conferences coming up in the near future with uh, college football season rapidly approaching. Who do you want to talk about next week? Big Ten, Big Twelve? Let's go Big Ten because a lot of the Big Ten, the news coming out right now is the Big Ten. So, I say we should hit the Big Ten while it's, everything is still fresh. Good. We can, we, good. I can have my show then. <laughs> yeah, you can have your show. But I, I still know a lot about the Big Ten, too. I know you do. I know. But, living um, up here, I know you do. But, um, yeah, so it'll be more your time to shine um, next week. But until then, I am James, and that is Ray Sun, and we'll see you next time on your favorite football podcast.